Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 2 of The Friendly Dungeon Master. I'm your host and narrator, The Friendly Dungeon Master. This podcast follows the exploits of a group of adventurers as they traverse the land of Talaris, a vibrant landscape filled with political intrigue, terrifying monsters, ancient cults, and a pantheon of deities struggling to regain their power in the world. In last week's episode, we met the wood elf druid, Winfred Gwynevere, on her journey towards the capital city of Talim. We resume our adventure as she and the dwarf Balgus make their way toward the village of Brendor, where Winfred will attempt to solve the mystery of the goblin wizard. The wagon creaked and groaned as it moved along the roadway. The old wood seemed held together by sheer stubbornness, and Winfred was half afraid it would collapse around her before she and Balgus reached their destination. The dwarf seemed unbothered by the sounds, though, so Winfred settled back and let her gaze drift along the fields as the seat bounced and swayed under her. She hadn't ridden in many carts, usually preferring to walk wherever she went, but there was something to be said for viewing the world from atop moving transportation. Her thoughts wandered back to the previous night and her run-in with the half-orc bandit, she wondered if she should have gone after that bandit instead of letting him get away, but the choice had been made, and there was no changing it now. The road lay ahead of the wagon, relatively flat now, as opposed to the gently rolling hills Winfred had been traversing only yesterday. Here were some of the outer farmlands of the great city of Talim. These plantations supplied much of the food for the general populace and the surrounding military encampments. Winfred saw children in the fields, laughing and playing as their parents worked diligently in the warm sun, picking vegetables and harvesting grain. The growing season never really ended in northern Tolaris due to the perpetually temperate climate here. Winfred was still getting used to that. Things were so different here than they were in the southern portions of the continent. Even the people spoke differently, with different dialects and cadences. The elf's reverie was ended abruptly when the wagon lurched to the side as Balgus led the horse down a side road off the main path. Winfred caught a glimpse of a small wooden sign at the turn denoting that this road led to Brendor. The cart continued along the main road, which was no more than a set of ruts that looked deeper than the rest of the paths. It rose up, cresting a small hill where Winfred could see the entirety of the village laid before her. She quickly made out a small gathering of houses spread across a wide field of brown earth with well-worn footpaths leading all across the ground between the buildings. Most of the structures were homes by all appearances, but there did seem to be a blacksmith and a small tavern, staples of any self-respecting society she had learned. Balgus turned the cart to the right again, and Winfred saw a relatively small dwelling by her size, but looked spacious and roomy for a dwarf. The wooden house looked old but well cared for, the wood treated to withstand weathering, the roof freshly thatched, and a foundation of stones very expertly fitted together to appear waterproof. Knowing the dwarves' love of stone, this was no surprise to the druid. Around the property the house rested on was a three-foot wall of stone, again expertly cut and laid. It encircled the entire home in a wide oval, leaving a small gap for a wooden gate to swing open and shut. Kneeling in front of the stone wall was a woman, garbed in a simple cotton dress with a woolen smock over it and wearing gardening gloves. She wielded the trowel she held with practiced motions, digging the earth out to plant new seeds and sprouts. She had a long braid that had once been blonde but was now showing quite a bit of gray, and her back was turned towards the cart as it approached. 
Winfred gathered that this was Balgus's wife, Felga. As they approached, Balgus confirmed her notion by way of introductions. Felga greeted Winfred with warmth, her dwarvish face lighting up as Balgus related how Winfred had helped him with the wagon wheel. She grew concerned, however, as Balgus went into another coughing fit. Felga fetched some water from the kitchen, bringing it to her ailing husband. She then turned to Winfred. Now then, you're to stay for supper, and no argument about it. We've some lovely vegetables for a stew, though I've no meat at the moment, I'm afraid. That is very kind of you, and I accept your offer. Not that I seem to have much choice in the matter. Do you need any help preparing the meal? Felga declined Winfred's offer of assistance, and began busying herself with the task of preparing a simple stew filled with cabbage, carrots, and other ingredients she pulled from her basket or the cupboards. While they waited, Balgus and Winfred sat quietly in the living room, sipping their coffees that Felga had brought to them. Soon enough, the call to supper was made, and the three gathered around a finely crafted table to share their meal. The stew was quite good, and the lack of meat suited Winfred just fine. Balgus grumbled about the prices of good meat these days, but ate the stew with gusto all the same. While they ate, Winfred took the opportunity to ask Thelga about her herb garden she had seen in the windowsill earlier. Thelga explained that she had some small skill as an herbalist, and the locals sometimes came to her for aid. She could help with small cuts and scrapes, and could craft tinctures to help ease joint pain and stiffness. When Winfred asked about Balgus's condition, Thelga's face tightened. That seems to be beyond my capability. He's cursed he is, and no herbs that I know of can lift curses. I've tried enough of them to be sure. Winfred again kept quiet about her knowledge that Balgus was not cursed, but the victim of poison. She needed to get to that cave and find the cure before Balgus or Thelga would be convinced. The rest of the meal proceeded with them making small talk, and once the meal was finished and the table cleared, Winfred began to take her leave of the dwarves. As she left, Thelga grabbed her arm and warned her not to go near the hills beyond the forest, as that was where the goblin's cave lay. She did not want anyone else suffering the fate that had befallen Balgus. Winfred assured her that she would be careful and left Thelga tending to her garden. As soon as she was out of sight of the dwarven woman, however, Winfred cut across the road and headed towards the forest. She quickly made her way through the thick undergrowth and trees, coming to the foot of a series of fairly high hills that continued north and south along the forest border as far as she could see. Using her keen vision and tracking skills, Winfred was quickly able to determine the location of the goblin's cave. The entrance was small, but poorly concealed, at least from her eyes, and she sat a distance away, observing the darkened entrance for a while. As the shadows around her began to lengthen, she remembered suddenly that goblins tended to be nocturnal, and figured that the creature was probably sleeping now. Feeling foolish, she crept towards the entrance, slowly making her way toward the hastily constructed weave of branches and leaves that served as the cave's makeshift cover. Winfred carefully laid the concealing tangle aside and peered into the dark cavern. Her eyes sought out any sort of traps or dangers, and found none directly inside of the cave. Remembering that Balgus had gone a few hundred feet into the cave before he had begun to feel ill, she gingerly stepped inside the darkened interior of the hillside. Her eyes adjusted quickly to the lack of light, and feeling grateful for her elven blood, she moved forward cautiously, still on the lookout for hidden mechanisms that would spring a trap. She began calling to the goblin softly, hoping to avoid a hostile interaction. She wasn't here to fight, she was here for information. 
still calling out, Winfred continued into the narrow passage for a short time before her searching eyes found a razor-thin piece of wire tautly strung across the way. She reached out and plucked the wire, keeping her head clear. As her finger pulled on the wire, she heard a soft click, and almost faster than she could see, a needle-thin dart shot out of the wall to her left. It struck the far wall with a soft thud, finding no purchase in the stone and landing upon the cave floor. A couple of minutes of searching resulted in Winfred picking up the needle-like dart carefully, being sure not to touch the sharp end. She looked over the weapon, noting that its point was exactly the right size to have made the wound she had seen on Balgus's hand. This dart was small enough that Balgus likely wouldn't have even felt it impact as he moved along. Sure enough, as she cast Detect Poison around her, she perceived a strong presence of deadly poison emanating from the dart. She had found the poison, and the delivery method. Now she needed the cure. Winfred continued making her way further into the cave, still carefully checking for traps and still calling out to the goblin. Her voice echoed back to her, distorted and muffled, and she realized that her voice probably sounded horrific to anything further in the cave due to the distortion of the walls. She ended her call, but pressed onward. She still needed to find the goblin and get a cure for Balgus. The passageway began to widen, making it easier for her to move through, and it soon opened up into a wide, circular cavern. The room was nearly empty, she saw, save for a small cot near the far wall and a rudimentary rack where skinned rodents hung. She saw the remains of a small campfire, with a crude spit over it and a small collection of what looked to be rags piled up in the corner. As the druid walked forward, she began calling out again, expressing that she was not here to fight, she only wanted to talk. Her words were cut short, however, by a searing pain across the back of her leg. She whirled around to find a yellow-skinned figure, eyes glowing red and teeth bared, glaring at her defiantly. This, apparently, was the goblin she had been seeking. Dressed in rags that looked like they hadn't been washed since... well, ever. The goblin stood up to Winfred's knees. He was holding a scimitar that reminded her of the half-orc's blade from the previous night, but the goblin's weapon was definitely better taken care of. He had a crossbow slung across his back, and she could see a pouch hanging off his belt as he stood in a defensive crouch. Winfred glanced at her leg, and she could see a faint line of red where the scimitar had cut. The wound wasn't deep, but she would need to bind it before too long. She had to end this conflict quickly. Winfred raised her hands in a non-threatening gesture and began repeating the words. No! No fight! Talk! No fight! Talk! In common. She had no way of knowing if the goblin understood her at first, as he showed no reaction other than confusion. He wavered, his scimitar wobbling in his clawed hand as he stared at the strange creature peering down at him, hands raised in front of her, blood seeping through the leather of her trousers. He looked... unsure. The blade dropped. The goblin looked down at his blade as if unbelieving of his own actions, then looked up at Winfred. His eyes, still red and unblinking, seemed sorrowful. With seeming difficulty, he spoke. No fight. You talk. I listen. Winfred slowly reached into her side satchel and pulled out the dart she had retrieved from the triggered trap. She held it out in front of her and asked the goblin if he had made it. He nodded an affirmation, and she explained to him, using hand gestures and simple words, that his trap had hurt a friend of hers. The goblin seemed bothered by this knowledge, but he responded slowly and deliberately, that he did not wish to harm people. He only wanted to protect himself against people who wished to harm him. 
Through careful conversation, occasionally needing to revert again to hand signals, Winfred learned that this goblin's name was Larks. Eventually, the two ended up sitting across from one another as Winfred bound her wound. Larks noticed the blood again and apologized for attacking her. She brushed his apology aside and continued asking about the poison he had made. Larks startled her by quickly darting off to the side where the pile of rags she had seen before lay and rummaged around before coming back to her with a series of small wooden bottles, stoppered and full of liquid. He proudly presented these to her and explained that he made poison. It was his specialty. He had crafted this particular one to be extremely potent, and Winfred gathered that it was only due to the dwarf natural hardiness that he had not died from it. Winfred asked Larks if he had concocted an antidote to the poison, and he pulled open the satchel she had seen at his side. Inside, she could hear more wooden vials rattling around, and he pulled one out, telling her that this was the antidote. She asked if she could take it to her friend, and Larks agreed, giving her three more vials as well. As she finished binding her leg and started to take her leave, the goblin stopped her. He explained, speaking much more fluent common than he had previously, that he wished to go with her to the village below. There, he would either be executed or reach a truce with the people. Either way, Larks was ready to end this conflict. He was tired of being hunted and tired of people being scared of him. He explained further that he had been exiled from his clan a few months ago when he had stood up to his goblin chief. What the exact nature of the conflict was, he did not expand upon, but it was severe enough that the chief had forced Larks to duel him in one-on-one -on -one combat. Larks had lost. Badly. As punishment, the chief had stripped him of his surname, the clan's name, and had exiled him to the surface world. Larks had wandered about, eventually coming to the cave and eking out a miserable existence since. He was ready to end it, one way or another. Winfred grudgingly agreed, as it appeared that the goblin would go to the village with or without her. She preferred to be with him as a sort of liaison in case things went badly. She was pretty sure they were going to go badly. Thank you for listening to The Friendly Dungeon Master, Episode 2, The Fledgling Diplomat. Tune in next week to hear Winfred's confrontation with Bulgus, Thelga, and the village of Brendor. Will Larks be accepted into their community, or is the goblin destined for a much darker fate? This and more on next week's episode of The Friendly Dungeon Master, Orcs and Dragonborn. As always, the podcast is available for download on SoundCloud, iTunes, and the Google Play Store. Follow along with the companion blog at scarecrow2407.wixsite.com slash thefriendlydm. Follow me on Twitter at metal underscore scarecrow or thefriendlydm, and check out the Facebook page, The Friendly Dungeon Master. All music used in this podcast was composed and recorded by Melissa Elliott and is used under the CC-BY 4.0 license. Thanks again for listening, and as always, keep it friendly, folks.